welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the evening session of Sunday the 4th of January 2009, entitled The Call Girl's Conversion, and the Bible reading is taken from Joshua chapter 2, verses 1 to 24. Here's Brother Steve Elliott. If you'd like to turn in your Bibles to uh, Joshua and chapter 2. Joshua chapter 2, and I'm going to preach... A message tonight entitled, A Call Girl's Conversion. A Call Girl's Conversion. Joshua chapter 2. I'm going to read uh, the whole chapter uh, just so that we, uh, we can get to uh, know the story. Maybe uh, some of us here may not have, uh, may not be, uh, or may not know this story very well. But we're just going to read it from verse 1 as we stand. Joshua chapter 2. Verse 1, And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out of Shittim two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them, and said thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out. Whither the men went, I wot not. Pursue after them quickly, for... Ye shall overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. Verse 7. And the men pursued after them the way to Jordan unto the fords. And as soon as they which pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gates. And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when ye came out of Egypt, and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side, Jordan, Sihon, and Og, whom ye utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt, Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. Now therefore I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that ye will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token. And that ye will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sisters and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her, Our life for yours, if ye utter not this our business. And it shall be, when the Lord hath given us the land, that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, Get you to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you, and hide yourselves there three days until the pursuers be returned. And afterward may ye go your way. And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath, which thou hast made us swear. 
Behold, when we come into this land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by, and thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head, and we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our head, if any hand be upon him. And if thou utter this our business, then we will be quit of thine oath which thou hast made us to swear. And she said, According unto your word, so be it. And she went and she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet line in the window, and they went and came unto the mountain and abode there three days until the pursuers were returned. And the pursuers sought them throughout all the way, but found them not. So the two men returned and descended from the mountain and passed over and came to Joshua, the son of Nun, and told him all things that befell them. Verse 24. And they said unto Joshua, Truly the Lord hath delivered into our hands all the land, for even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. Please be seated. We're going to have a look tonight at the conversion of a most unlikely person named Rahab. I don't know if anybody knows what Rahab's name means in the Hebrew. Anybody? No, I'm not sure if we've come across this one in the Bible Club yet, but uh, Rahab's name actually means proud. What a name to have, eh? Perhaps you're going, to, going around with a name, proud, going to work and people asking you, what's your name? And you say, proud. Doesn't sound very good, does it? But that was her name. And uh, we're going to see here tonight a message of mercy. The mercy of God that a sinner can find uh, in God. Just a, a little bit of the background. Back in chapter 1, we see that uh, God's servant Moses had died. And uh, the Lord, he spake to Joshua. Joshua was now the leader. And uh, he had all these people with him. And in verse 2, he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. He says, Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to thee, even to the children of Israel. In verse 3, God gives Joshua a promise. And he says, Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that I have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. So, we see here that uh, Joshua has got a great responsibility upon him now. He is God's man. He is the leader. All the people are waiting now for the next command. What's going to happen? And um, we see that in uh, chapter 2, that God's people were in a place called Shittim. And I don't know if you know this, but uh, Shittim was actually named after um, a type of tree that they used to use. And uh, this tree was uh, very popular in this area called Shittim. And uh, this is where God's people were waiting. And uh, this was the last encampment before crossing the Jordan into Canaan. That was all that was separating the people of God from going into the land. It was the Jordan. Uh, the Jordan Valley and, uh, and the River Jordan. And uh, we see here in chapter 2 and verse 1 that uh, Joshua tells two men to go out and to view the land 
secretly. Spy out the land, if you like. And we pick, it, we pick this uh, story up here now in uh, chapter 2 and at the end of verse 1. And uh, we're going to see three things here about Rahab. Okay? And uh, the first thing that we're going to see is that Rahab was a call girl. We see here at the end of verse 1, it says, And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. What a place to go. That's just some things you just can't understand why God would allow two spies uh, or why these men would go. And the first place that they would go is into this house, okay? The first thing I want us to notice tonight about Rahab is not who she was, but what she was. The Bible says very clearly here that Rahab was a harlot. Isn't it amazing how Scripture, it tells it like it is. <laughs> scripture is straight down the line. And you know, that is why a lot of people today get offended by this book. The world get offended by what's in here. Unfortunately, sometimes the church does as well. Why? Because they're influenced by what's going out in there in the world. We've all heard of political correctness, haven't we? And, you know, there are certain names that we like to call certain people, not to cause offence, and not to really, um, not for it to really be seen that what this person's lifestyle is doing is really wrong. And we try to sort of give it another name. You know, there are other names, aren't there, for harlots, you know? Uh, the world will call them um, working women, working ladies. They'll call them escort girls, you know. They'll call them uh, laptop dancers, different kinds of names, yeah. But the Bible calls them here harlot, straight down the line. That's what God calls this uh, type of lady, a type of business, if you like, selling sex. She was a harlot, You know, I was thinking uh, when I was writing this uh, message down as well about homosexuality. You know, how uh, homosexuality um, has been called uh, different names and to describe the people who practice homosexuality. And one of the names is what? Gay. And I don't know if you know anything about this word gay, but a few years ago, you know, the name, the term gay would have meant happy. Yeah? This is, you, you, you get an old dictionary and you probably wouldn't have uh, come across the word homosexual, uh, homosexuality uh, connected with gay. But you see, this name has been applied to this. Why? To try, I believe, to take away the offense of what's going on. You see, homosexuality is a sin according to this book, the Bible. It's abhorrent to God. There are many other sins which are as well. But Bab the Bible says that uh, prostitution... Homosexuality, these kinds of sexual uh, uh, crimes are abhorrent to God. And God calls a spade a spade. Doesn't, God doesn't mess around with the word of God. God says it like it is. And that's what we need to do. And we need to be careful that we don't get affected by the, um, by the political correctness of this world when it goes against what the word of God says. Okay? Um, there are, are some other scriptural names that uh, Rahab would have been known as in the Bible. 
Uh, obviously, she would have been known as the harlot. She would have been known as a prostitute. She would also have been known as a whore. She would also have been known as a strange woman. And she would also have been known as profane. And I'm just going to show you a few scriptures in the Old Testament uh, about uh, what Rahab uh, would have done. And uh, if we just like to turn uh, to Le Leviticus chapter 19, and we're just going to have a look at the lifestyle of Rahab. And just let's just see how it describes this kind of lifestyle. Leviticus chapter 19. And uh, we're going to read in verse 29. And it says here in verse 29, remember this is the law, the law of God, the law of Moses. And it says in verse 29, it says, Do not prostitute thy daughter to cause her to be a whore, lest the land fall to whoredom and the land become full of wickedness. So we see here that um, the prostitute, the whore, was a lady... Her lifestyle would pollute the land. Okay? Let's just have a look at Leviticus chapter 21. And let's have a look at what verse 7 uh, says about uh, Rahab. Verse 7 says, They shall not take a wife that is a whore or profane, neither shall they take a woman put away from her husband, for he is holy unto his God. Who is this talking about? Well, at the beginning of the chapter, we see that it's talking about the priests, it's talking about Aaron and Moses, it's talking about the men of God, it's talking about believers, okay? And God is saying here that the men of God, the people of God, were not to take unto them wives who were whores, who were prostitutes. That was abhorrent to God. Um, let's have a look, Deuteronomy chapter 23. And it's incredible, isn't it, how... How much that we find in the Word of God about a, a subject. Uh, it's great to do these little studies. And we've only got um, a few more verses. But Deuteronomy 23 and verse 17 says this. There shall be no whore of the daughters of Israel, nor a sodomite of the sons of Israel. Okay, this is how God describes that's this kind of lifestyle who are selling their bodies, whether they're females and they're called whores, or whether they're males, and they're called sodomites. And verse 18, it says, Thou shalt not bring the hire of a whore, or the price of a dog. Okay, so we see here that another name for a sodomite was a dog. Okay, and it says, Into the house of the Lord thy God, for any vow, for even both these are abomination unto the Lord thy God. So we see here that whores and sodomites are an abomination to the Lord. Their lifestyle, their what they're practicing, okay? Uh, just turn to Proverbs chapter 7. And let's have a look at the words of Solomon. Proverbs chapter 7. And if you're a young person here tonight, you need to take heed of these words. Chapter 7 and verse 8. Uh, sorry, chapter 7, uh, verse 7 to 8. And it says here, And beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths, a young man void of understanding, verse 8, passing through the street near her corner, and he went the way to her house. So the first thing we see from Solomon here, he's saying that the whore, okay, the, um, this woman who is describing this chapter is one that entices the young people. Beware of that, young people. 
young people, the devil is out to get us. And he will try to corrupt us. And he will try to get us to commit all sexual acts or sexual sins. Okay? And he, he loves to get hold of young people. And we see here that this is one of the things that the harlot will do. That she will entice the young, the youths. Not, not only that, but we see in verse 5 that she flatters with her lips. Yeah, what comes out of her mouth is flattery. It's appealing to the flesh. It's sensual. Uh, not only that, but in verse 10 we see that she dresses with enticing clothes. I don't know if you've ever walked into a petrol station and you know you've only got to just glance at the, uh, the newspapers and you, you look at the pictures on the front. And what are these women they're trying to do? They're in trying to entice the people. They're trying to entice the young. They're trying to entice all different people yeah, to get tangled up in this uh, way of life and uh, into sexual sin. Okay, And it says that here that... Uh, she uh, dresses with enticing clothes. She tries to entice you. Verse 11 describes her as a loud and stubborn person. And it says that her feet abide not in her house. Verse 12, we see that she likes the streets as well. The prostitute, the whore, she likes to go out into the streets. Uh, not only that, verse 25, we've got a warning here. And we're warned not to let our hearts go in her way. Okay? Verse 26, we see that she slays strong men. doesn't matter who we are. doesn't matter whether we are non-Christians or even if we are Christians. Yeah? The Bible says here that she will slay strong men. doesn't matter how strong you may think you are in the Lord. Yeah? The Bible says, let him that thinketh he stands, beware. But take heed, lest he fall, okay? Um, it's only by the grace of God. We need his strength. Um, and verse 27, we see that her house leads to a place. It says, her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. And we see here that this picture here, it represents the harlot. It represents Rahab. This is the kind of lifestyle that Rahab would have lived being a prostitute. This was a picture of Rahab lost and on her way to hell and taking others with her also. This is a warning, yeah, that any man who frequents the brothels and the lap dancing bars of Birmingham, take heed. The Bible says that that is the way to death. That is the way to hell. Beware. Pornography. Beware. The Bible describes it here as the way that leads to death. It leads to hell. There is no life in it. It's death. It's separation from God. This was the life that Rahab lived and you know, before that we find fault here with any other person who is involved in these kind of things, or before we find fault with Rahab, you know, this description that we have of Rahab, you know that it represents, really, Rahab represents the fallen nature that we all have. 
let me just give you an example. If you just turn to uh, Mark and chapter 7. Mark chapter 7. And let's just have a look what the Bible describes our hearts like. Um, <clears throat> chapter 7 and verse 21. And we have a description here of the inside of a man in his heart. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders. Verse 22, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. Verse 23 says, all these evil things come from within and defile the man. That is a description, friends, of our hearts. That is a description, friend, of an unconverted soul. This, Bi this Bible here is telling us, dear friends, that we are sinners. We're, we're naturally in a lost state, and it's describing our hearts here that it's evil within. This is why, dear friends, we need to be born again. And we need the, the, the Spirit of God. We need to be born anew, born afresh. Otherwise, friends, with no power over these sins, no strength, we're going to be left to our own strength, our own devices. We're going to be left to our own flesh, and that is dangerous. Friends, this is a picture here of Rahab. It's a picture of the um, fallen nature that we all have. And, uh, you know, without God's mercy, friends, we are all Rahabs. <laughs> we are all Rahabs. We will all come under something that I've just read here. Not only do we see Rahab the call girl, but secondly, we see Rahab the called girl. Let's just turn back to uh, Joshua chapter 2. And um, in verse 2, it says here, And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. We see here in verse 2 that somebody tells the king that the spies went into Rahab's house that night. Now, I don't know if you know this, but it tells you further down in the chapter that Rahab's house was on the town walls, yeah? It was very... Uh, obvious, yeah, to see. It was on the town walls. And uh, somebody that night had seen two people go into Rahab's house when it was dark. Isn't it amazing how nosy some people can be? <laughs> you know, uh, Angelica and myself, we often uh, have a joke because we have um, a big bay window at the front of our house I'll tell you, in the last couple of weeks, we have seen everything. And uh, we've we called the police at least twice. We've had them round to our house, giving statements of things that we've seen, robberies and uh, houses, uh, windows being smashed and, and uh, things. Uh, you don't know who's looking. You don't know who's watching. This just reminds me of uh, a few years back when uh, Angelica and myself were in Israel. And um, one morning, well... This was the last morning that we were actually uh, in Israel. We were due to uh, fly out. And um, we decided that we would like to uh, just um, tract every flat around where, where we were living. And I can tell you that this place 
Yeah, people were watching things all the time. Doesn't matter, you know, what, were, what was happening, what time it was going on. There were people watching. Yeah, very, very nosy people. And we decided that we wanted to really like make a quick escape and not have to explain to everybody that we were, we were having to go uh, and the reasons and everything. And we decided that we'd get up very early, didn't we? It was probably about five o'clock in the morning and I believe that it was still dark. And uh, we opened the door and we were tiptoeing outside the door and we were taking our bags and belongings uh, to our car. And, uh, we, you know, we were, we, we were just thinking that, wow, you know, we can do this and nobody's going to be watching us. And um, as we were coming out of the house and going back, Angelica noticed that uh, this uh, Muslim lady, one of our neighbours, uh, she was just peering through, uh, through the window and Angelica could see her. And I don't think I would have done it, but Angelica, she started waving at her. And um, you just don't know who's watching. And we see here in this story that at night, two men went in to this house. And I think that we can learn something from this. That you know that God, he sees everything. We can't hide anything from him. And one day, even if it's not brought out into the open right now, one day we'll have to give an account to God for something that we've done in the dark. So beware. Let's, let's, let's have a clear conscience. Yeah, Let's walk the walk. But we see here that um, not only was Rahab the call, a call girl, but we see secondly that she was a called girl. And in verse 3, uh, we see here that um, the king of Jericho, he called for Rahab to give up the spies. He knew that these spies had gone into Rahab's house and he wanted these spies. And he um, calls for Rahab uh, to give up these two men. And it says in verse 3, it says, And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. Okay? How would you get away from that one? What excuse, what lie would you... What, what would you say to, to the king? Okay? But we see here that Rahab, she had a call here upon her life. And do you know that when a king called you to do something... You had to do it. If you didn't, there were consequences. You know, this morning we were thinking about uh, King Ahasuerus and about the decree that he made for all the Jews uh, to, be, uh, to be killed. And when a decree was made, it had to be uh, followed through. Okay? The Bible says in Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 4, it says that where the word of a king is, there is power. When a king says something, you do it. And you see, when this word came to Rahab to give up these men, yeah, she had a decision to make. She, she had a calling upon her life. She had to act quickly. She had to do something. And um, we see that uh, Rahab, she had the call of an earthly king upon her life at this time. Not only did she have a call of an earthly king, but I believe she had the call of a heavenly king as well. And I want to, to show you that in verse... Uh, two, sorry, in, in, no, I'll just go back a little bit. Um, yeah, we're just thinking that uh, Rahab, not only she had the, uh, an, the call of an earthly king, but also of a heavenly king. Do you believe in the providence of God? Yeah, amen. I don't know if you remember the story of Esther. You know, the pastor this morning, I won't say he stole, but he took 
at least a quarter of my sermon. And I couldn't believe it when he was going through this morning about Esther. I couldn't believe it. You know, some things, sometimes, when you're preparing a message, God knows exactly when you're going to preach it, and he knows what's going to be preached in the morning. And you know, sometimes they just dovetail, don't they? Because God wants to, he wants to say something to us. And I believe he does today. I believe that what's going to be said now is going to interlink with what the pastor said this morning. But um, Esther, let's just uh, have a quick uh, look um, at Esther, chapter 3 of Esther. And I'm sorry that it might just go over a little bit tonight in the time. But uh, this is very important. Uh, Chapter 3. We see that King uh, Ahasuerus, he calls for all the Jews to be killed in one day. Remember which date it was? Which is the 13th, yeah? I've always wondered why we call uh, the 13th uh, unlucky number, you know? Maybe this was the reason why. Um, But King Ahasuerus and uh, Haman, they planned to kill all the Jewish people. And um, we see that in chapter 3 from verse 8 to 15. You can read that uh, a bit later, maybe when you go home. And in chapter 4, verse 13 and 14, uh, we see here that God, he had Esther in the right place at the right time to get a call from Mordecai, from God, to help save her people. Do you think it was just coincidence that uh, Esther, she was chosen to be queen? You know, we were thinking this morning, weren't we, about Queen Vashti and how she, she was, dis- how she was uh, de- de- deposed from the throne. And who, who, who was next in line? It, it wasn't another uh, uh, girl from... Persia, no, it was a Jewish lady, yeah, called Esther, Jewish woman, Hadassah. And, um, you know, the, the, the book of Esther, the story of Esther is a providential story. It's about the providence of God. Esther was in the right place and at the right time. And, you know, Esther, she didn't know the future. She didn't know what was going to happen. But, you know, Esther, she had a call upon her life, and that call was to act quickly, to save not only herself, but her people as well. Esther was in the right place at the right time. Why? Because of the providence of God. I wonder, could the spies have said the same question to, um, or the same statement to uh, Rahab? Yeah? Let's just see that. Um, It's actually in chapter 4 and verse 14. Uh, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. And it says here, But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And it says here, the pastor's been saying it all day, And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? And I wonder, could these spies have said the same thing to Rahab, that you, uh, who knows whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. You, yeah, you have got to, you've got to help us now, yeah, because the king knows all about us, yeah, but if you go and tell the king, then our cover is blown, yeah. Rahab had to act. Uh, The scripture teaches very clearly, friends, tonight, that 
we are called to make a decision. We're called here tonight to make a decision. If you're not a Christian here tonight, God is calling you tonight to make a decision for him. Let me just turn you to uh, the book of Acts, chapter 17 and verse 13. Sorry, verse 30. Chapter 17 of Acts and verse 13. And it says here that, And the times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. The Bible says very clearly, dear friends, that Jesus Christ was crucified. Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. The Bible says that we are sinners and we need to repent from our We need to turn from our sins and we need to turn to Jesus Christ in faith and ask that he will be our saviour. You have a calling tonight, dear friends. If you're not a Christian tonight, God has a, there is a calling upon you right now to act. And you need to turn to Christ tonight while you have time and become a Christian. You know, tonight can be the last time that you have, ever have that choice. Um, Joshua chapter 24. Just turn to Joshua again, chapter 24, and verse 15. And here, this can uh, be speaking about God's people, which I, I believe it is, but it can also be speaking about uh, those who uh, have never trusted in Christ. And he says, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you're a Christian here tonight, you have a choice tonight. You have a choice to either serve God or to serve the gods that you used to serve, yeah, the gods of this world. You have a choice. The pastor made that very clearly here this morning, you know. Who knows? You know, uh, at such a time as this, God has something for you to do. And if you're not a Christian here tonight, God has a call for you tonight to come to him in repentance and become a Christian. Why wait any longer? I wonder tonight how many will be in hell and they will remember a call from God. How many will there be in hell tonight that will remember receiving a leaflet from the streets, a call from God to repent and to become a Christian. I wonder how many in hell tonight will be remembering the preacher. How many times they've been in church, Sunday after Sunday, hearing the gospel message. God has been calling you, but you've just rejected it and put it off. God is calling you, dear friends, to make a decision for him tonight. Not only do we see Rahab the call girl, the called girl, but thirdly we see Rahab the converted girl. And I believe that we can see two parts to Rahab's conversion. The first one is Rahab's fear of God. Um, one of the first steps to conversion, I believe, the scripture teaches, is the fear of God. The fear of God will come upon us some way. We will recognize that we have sinned against a holy God, and it will cause a fear to come upon us that we are not right before a holy God. Now, I can remember when I was converted 18 years ago, 19 years this year, 
I can remember hearing the gospel message, and it was Revelation chapter 20, verse 15, that speaks about the judgment, the great white throne, that whoever's name is not written in the Lamb's book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And I can tell you that fear came upon me like never before. And I knew that if I went back on my motorbike, yeah, and I came off and had a motorbike crash, as I did not so long ago, and I wasn't a Christian, I knew that I would go to the lake of fire for eternity, just like the Bible says. And, you know, a fear of God came upon me, and I knew that I had to make a decision there and then. You need to do that tonight, dear friends. If you are not a Christian tonight, you, may, you need to make that decision. You need to be converted tonight. Faith in God. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. And isn't it amazing? You know, a lot of the Jewish people don't read the New Testament, the Brita Hadashar, as they call it. And, you know, they miss the end of the story. <laughs> they miss a lot here that he's telling us here about Rahab's conversion. It's sad, really. But uh, let's just have a look. Um, chapter 11 and verse 6 says this, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You see, without faith, we can't please God. Hebrews 11, verse 31. By faith, the harlot, wow, Rahab, perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. So we see here for the first time that Rahab had faith in God. By faith, Rahab, the harlot, believed God. And you know that every person that has ever been saved, whether it's been before the law of Moses, whether it was in the Old Testament when the law of Moses was around, or whether it's today, Every person who has ever been saved has been saved through faith. Justification by faith. Do you know that the Old Testament people, especially before Moses, they weren't really trusting in uh, the cross. They didn't really know much about this. They, they had one or two prophecies, but they were trusting in what had been revealed to them at that time. And they were trusting in the words, the word of God that they had, and they were able to put their faith in what they had been revealed, what had been revealed to them. And you know that quite a lot had been revealed to Rahab in those days. And I want to show you what had been revealed to her. Because she could see that there was a God of the, of, of the children of Israel. That he was the Lord of heaven and earth. Let me just, uh, let me just show you those verses. Uh, Joshua chapter 2. And uh, first of all, what well, we see in verse 11, it says, And as soon as, sorry, <clears throat> no, verse 9, And she said unto the men, She says, I know that the Lord hath given you the land, and that your terror is fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. And I want you to see here, first of all, the fear that I believe drove Rahab in the right direction to God. Yeah, she had a fear of God, what was going to happen to her people because of the children of Israel, because of the God of Israel. Verse 11, And as soon as we had heard these things, 
our hearts did melt, neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. And I believe here that we can see that Rahab was starting to put her faith in the God of Israel, the one and true God. And I know we don't have time to go into um, salvation into, uh, in, in the Old Testament a lot here tonight, but you know when the Lord Jesus Christ died on that cross and he finished that work on that cross, he died for Rahab's sins as well. And you know that when the Bible speaks about when he ascended up on high and it says that he led captivity captive, I believe that at this time he took the Old Testament saints up to glory with him. And I believe that Rahab was one of these saints that went with him. And I believe David went with him as well because David didn't go right straight into the presence of heaven. I believe that he was in Abraham's bosom. He was gathered together as the others were unto their fathers. But when Jesus Christ died on that cross, he died for the sins of the whole world. And he died for the Old Testament saints. He died for us. And he died for the sins of the whole world. Isn't that wonderful? It's wonderful what he did. And I just want you to uh, see here that Rahab, she didn't perish because she believed and she put her faith in, in, in God. What a merciful God that we, have, that we have. It's wonderful. Not only that, but Rahab's works, they testified also to her conversion. James chapter 2. James chapter 2 and verse 17. Uh, we're not going to read all this, these verses here, but uh, if you get time, maybe this week, um, you'll see here that um, he's speaking uh, about being doers of the word and not hearers only. And um, it's basically speaking about being justified by works and speaking about Abraham. Verse 21, it says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? And we see that it goes down here, um, down into verse 25, and it says, Likewise also, was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. You see, we can say that we have faith, but if the works don't follow on, friends, it's a dead faith. It doesn't really live. If there is faith, the Bible says that there will be works that follow. And our works will testify to our conversion. You know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And when you are born anew, there will be a transformation. That's what happened to Rahab. Once a harlot, once a Canaanite woman, far away from God. But now she's been brought in. Why? Because of her faith in the God of Israel. And her works testified to her conversion. We're not saved by our works. But if we are saved, our works will testify of our conversion. Lastly, very briefly, Rahab becomes part of the family of God. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 5, and this is the last verse we're going to look at tonight. 
Matthew chapter 1 and verse 5. And here we have a genealogy. And you know, if you're going through your Bible, reading through every day, please don't get bored of genealogies because sometimes they do get interesting. And I believe this is an interesting one. Verse 5 says here, And Salmon begat Boaz and Rahab. And Boaz begat Obed of Ruth, and Obed begat Jesse. You see, Rahab became the mother of Boaz. She was the wife of Salmon. And you know that she became a descendant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because as you go along here in the genealogy, it eventually gets to the Lord Jesus. Rahab is of the line of Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? What do we learn from this? Well, we learn that we can see that those who are strangers and foreigners can become a part of God's family. And friends, that includes us here tonight. You may be far away tonight, dear friends. You may not be a part of God's family. You may never have been born again, trusted Christ to be your saviour. But friends, tonight, doesn't matter if you're far off. Friends, tonight, you can become part of God's family. Just like Rahab did. Not only physically, but she became spiritually a part of God's family. That's wonderful. Let's just have a word of prayer. <clears throat> dear Lord Jesus, just want to thank you. Tonight, Lord, for your precious word. Thank you, dear Lord, for what we can learn here tonight about Rahab. We thank you, dear Lord, for her conversion. We thank you, dear Lord, that she did tremble. And, Lord, she did have a fear of God upon her. That, Lord, drove her and pointed her in the right direction. And, Lord, we thank you that she eventually put her faith in you. We thank you, dear Lord, that later on, Lord, that it says that she became part of the family of God. And we know, Lord, from Scripture that she did live with the children of Israel. And Lord, we thank you tonight that, Lord, if there is anyone here outside of the family of God, if there is someone here tonight who's never become a Christian, Lord, we thank you tonight that there is mercy for the outsider. There is redemption, forgiveness. And it's to be found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, we just pray that if there is one here tonight, that they will turn to Jesus Christ. And, Lord, for those of us here tonight who are Christians, oh, Lord, maybe we have been living, Lord, a life far off from you, what you want for our life. Help us, Lord, to get serious, Lord, about the Christian life. Lord, help us to be true witnesses for you. And we'll give you all the praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.